here's another episode of nothing original as usual do not take our word for gospel Alrighty, so here we go. Um, this three-part podcast episode will tackle the topics of um, racism, modern-day racism, the history of racism, cultural appropriation, police brutality, and more. Um, so I recorded the episode with Erin, and I did some further research afterwards that I felt like including into the episode. Um, so after each um, part of the podcast episode there will be a short section with some further thoughts of mine um, integrated so yeah that's that and uh, so here we go the best quote i've heard like recent recent times is racism is not getting worse it's, it's just getting filmed more that is the only difference so it's kind of like for someone like me um I'd become numb to it to the point where it's just like, ah, it's normal, you know? It's, it's like, it's normal. Like, if I walk down the street dressed in my in my, in my my hoodie with my, my my status dog, you know, listening to my, 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 my violent rap music, you know, and I see, like, a white family that, that's in, let's, let's use an area that's, like, a, you know, um, predominantly white, like Fallon, for example, I'm going to get people that are going to be a little bit threatened by that. That, that's normal to me. I'm gonna get people that might be like, "Oh, let's let's cross the road," or do you know what I mean? He's got one of them dogs. He, he looks like aggressive. He looks this, and to me, that's like it's normal to kind of have people think that about me. But what's been happening recently has been happening for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It's just like now we're filming it more and more, and now it's like it's blatant. Yeah, now it's. I feel like for me. Like, I learned about racism very, 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 very young. And the thing is, I'm not even fully black. Obviously, you know that as well. You're, you're also mixed. But it's kind of like, I would never, ever be accepted as, as, as white by a white person. Never. Not in a million years. Just because of how I look. But I would be more accepted by a black person as being black because of how I look. So it's kind of like, if I if I hang around with white people, um, like I've heard white people say things about black people before, like when I was young, like oh yeah, this this n word that, and this that this that, and I'm like, you do realize I'm like part black, right? And they're like, yeah, but you're okay. So I'm like, all right, so. I'm supposed to feel better about that. I'm supposed to feel cool about that because because I'm all right. You can say anything you want to say about any other black person. I'm supposed to be like, oh, he's he's all right, you know. He he only he only hates the majority. He he likes a few, so that's cool with that, you know. So it's like for me, I I grew up on that. I grew up on um on being racially abused. Like there's there's been circumstances. Like I said, I showed, shared a post the other day where when we first moved to my area, Pollard Hill in the 90s my brother was probably 19 so i was about four at the time and um he asked the lady like he was the lady basically boxed his car in so he couldn't move his car and he asked the lady like sorry excuse me can you is it all right if you move your car for me, please like, i just need to get out i can't get out and um she basically turned around and said to him oh shut up you n-word this that and he was like what are you talking about? I just want you to move your car. Like, what are you talking about? And his, her boyfriend then got on defense 
And my brother's basically trying to explain himself. Look, I don't want no trouble. I'm just asking you to move, like her to move her car. I don't know what her problem is. And then they've started fighting, and then it's basically a whole hump, a, a whole heap of other people have come, and it's led into my brother getting hit by a carjack. Now, a carjack, for those who don't know what that is, is what you put underneath the car to raise it when you're changing a tire. So it's like a big metal instrument. So my brother's pretty lucky that nothing really happened to him that like hurt him that bad, you know? I feel like that... Um, so one of the things is I, I saw this one like video on Instagram. Um, forgot the name of the person. Something like DJ Ace or so. Um, he had a like a caller um, on the phone and it was a white woman speaking to him and they had this conversation it was like a really open honest conversation about race and I feel like like after watching this I just thought this is the kind of conversation that we need to have um, to actually like see eye to eye and start to resolve all of these issues surrounding it just to kind of like be honest with ourselves and what is happening as well because the conversation went her saying yes she is threatened or not threatened but she has sometimes this feeling of being threatened um by black men when she maybe crosses them on the road or something like that and you have this instinct of maybe moving out of the way and she says she doesn't even know really where this is coming from right and then she like he then said that he spoke in general about this whole idea of you yourself as a black man and i don't really know how this is for you but about the experience of like being in spaces where you have this feeling of oh no no no, maybe i need to adjust the way i speak or i need to like step out of the way because i don't want to feel i'm threatening towards anybody or i need to kind of like change myself and my mannerisms and my behaviors to kind of like adapt to the environment i am in and not be perceived the way i um presume to be perceived by the people or i actually also am to perceive by the people like threatening right and then she responded but that's not how you actually should be like just because I feel threatened, not knowing where this is coming from, you then should not have to be in the position of adjusting who you are or like, you know, having to make me feel comfortable in the situation. And like they opened up this conversation a bit, which I found to be very interesting because she then also proceeded on to say that I feel like I'm not too, too sure. Maybe it was her sister or sister-in-law or something like that, who is not sister-in-law, her sister, or like, I don't know, just a family member of hers who is in a relationship or married to a black man, and she doesn't really have that kind of, you know, feeling of being, like, feeling threatened around black people or, like, crossing the road or, you know what I mean, right? And then she said, like, maybe that's also tied to her just being used to that, and I'm not. Race segregation is not like a thing anymore by law it is still happening in social structures where if you would go to a school in certain schools you see more white people <laughs> and then you go to another school which is in a poorer area and you see predominantly black people in that or black kids in that school and you already grow up you know being like not familiar with each other and you have then also media 
that plays into that and how people from other races are being portrayed and this is how you learn about it instead of actually talking to each other or conversing with each other and being in each other's spaces and realizing wow there's so much we can learn from each other you know what i mean you perceive everything that is foreign as threatening but why why do we still have that in in our countries right because if we live in multicultural areas or cities um we still need to ask ourselves the question again and that also goes back to um equality why are we still so segregated from each other i get this all the time i get it when i walk my mum's dog my mum's dog is a a pitbull cross right in, in the media pitbull is seen as this dangerous dog that you to shreds that will that will bite you and, and you know just absolutely mangle you my mum's dog is the most stupidest dog probably on planet earth I haven't met a dog more silly than this dog and whenever i go out i see people literally especially if they have a small dog they will scoop their small dog up and like protect it and shield it because in their mind they're looking they're thinking right the dog that's the first thing i'm looking at that's aggressive then they look at me and think it definitely has to be aggressive now because he's in a hoodie he's in a baseball cap he's a black boy that dog's some sort of status dog to like protect him that's just the that's what's going through their head and i have to explain to them he's not aggressive and they're like they either say one thing they say two two things actually the first thing will be oh but my dog might you know be funny with it which to me is normally a cover-up whatever your dog's not gonna hurt him he's just gonna ignore it or two they go well i don't know he was attacked by a dog that looked like that and i'm kind of like well because he was attacked by a dog that looked like that, it automatically thinks all dogs that look like him are aggressive. It's, and it's the same way people look at black boys as all of them that dress like me are aggressive, uneducated, violent guys that are going to rob you and, and, and take your shit, basically. But um, that, that's just the thing that, that's just the world that we live in. And it goes back to what you were saying about... Um, the, the the white lady that had a conversation with a black guy and said she feels threatened because that's the image she has in her head. If she sees a guy that has a hoodie, that has a that has um, a baseball cap on that that talks a certain way, the media in particular portrays them as being this 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 roadman, this thug. He has to be he has to be aggressive. Do you know what I mean? And that's how it's going to be until these barriers are kind of broken down. It's it's as simple as that, really. This is the thing, like, it's a lot. It, there's, there's so many things I've heard people say, like, people are like, oh, it's really bad in America right now, isn't it? And I'm like, you mean it's really bad worldwide? Because it's not just America. Like, mm -hmm. there's, if you look at the only difference for me between my girlfriend hit the nail on the head, the only difference between the American police and the Metropolitan Police, which is the London Police, is the fact that they're legally allowed to carry guns. Yeah, and a lot of people yeah. will be like, well, "Well, no, that's not the difference because they're violent." No, if you give someone a violent weapon, they're probably going to act more violent because they're allowed to do that. So, if you look at the Metropolitan Police, like for me, I've been at the scenes of like fights on the street, right, minding my own business, watching a fight, admittedly so, and a policeman has come up to me and asked me, "What's going on here? What are you doing? What's your name? What's your..." Why are you asking me? I'm not fighting. 
It's got nothing to do with me. Why, why are you not questioning the people involved in the actual fight? And a lot of people might be like, well, they could have questioned anybody. But this is something that I know a lot of black men in particular deal with. They deal with being stopped because of they look suspicious. They, they deal with being stopped because they drive a flashy car that they shouldn't be able to afford. Like, it's like, what? And it's because of the color of your skin and because of, like I said, because of the way you dress, because of the way you talk, all these things are held against us. Like you might have someone that, that speaks slang automatically. They're uneducated, you know, like they could have gone to uni and, and have a, a degree in whatever, you know what I mean? Neuroscience, like they could be a very educated person, but because of the way they speak and because of their background, they're uneducated. And there's a lot of systems in place now that like designed to put certain groups of pe people in certain areas. So if you look at the, the areas that you go past, like the council estates, it's not nice. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the, the, the houses and the environment, you look at it, you think it just looks grubby here. It looks like people here have been put here to be put at a disadvantage. And you wonder why these same people are known as angry and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not given the same opportunities, man. It's, it's it's as simple as that. But that's just my view on it. Like racism is not just an American thing. It's a worldwide thing. It's just quieter here. You know, like the police here are a little bit more clever about it, but they're still racist. It's as simple as that. In regard to the whole police um, issue, yes, I do agree that like the guns do play a huge role in the way people in America, like it is, it just shapes, I think it shaped the American culture in a really, really huge way. And I think if people would allow, because it's not only the police that is allowed to carry guns, right? So the relationships Americans have with guns in general and weapons is just very different to the relationship we have here in Europe with guns and weapons, because at the end of the yeah. day, if you are working as a policeman, it's not you already have in the back of your mind the person you are talking to might also carry a gun and might yeah, use yeah. that gun against you, even if that's not the case. And you are still like and I feel like the discussion to be had is as well as a policeman, you're still in the position to like, at least to me personally, that's how I understand a police force should operate. But yeah um to carry the responsibility of yielding that weapon with care <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah. like you are trained to do so it is your job it is your job um but also putting that into context of american culture and knowing that just everybody everyone can walk in like i mean okay i do not really know how that works because i don't live in the us but at least overseas you sometimes have this idea of everyone can just walk into a shop and you know buy a gun or it's very easy to get access to guns um a lot easier it's a lot easier than here i mean here people don't really like have access to guns in the way that they do have in america and i think that shapes culture definitely let me just end it on this point for me. Like, for me, it's like, like, if, if these police officers, even if these police officers were black police officers, it'd be very interesting to see what would happen then. It'd be very interesting. And 
I don't know if the if the outcome would have been different, but I'm pretty certain it wouldn't have taken all these protests for it to be different. It probably would have taken a few people to say that person needs to go to prison for murder. Wait, but because of that, do you mean like if a black cop would have killed a black civilian, or if a black cop would have killed a white civilian? If a black cop would have killed the black right let's let's use let's use both scenarios right (laughs) if a black cop would have killed a black civilian that would have been very very it would have been like a backlash from both sides because it's kind of like the black community would be like what like what the hell is going on here (laughs) like the black the whole black community would have basically probably called for that guy's head themselves um, but we, as we know, it, it tends, that tends to not really be the case, but if, let's say the more realistic scenario of it being a black guy killing a white civilian, that would have taken, all, I, just in my opinion, again, it's not, there's not facts, it's opinions we're talking about here. It wouldn't have taken this many protests and this many riots. It would have taken a few people to say that guy needs to go to jail. Simple as that. It probably would have taken one white lady to be interviewed by a news reporter saying, I saw the whole thing. This guy needs a criminal. He needs to go to jail. They would have put his picture up, boom, on the news like this. People would have seen it. Yeah, jail. Straight away. Jail. Donald Trump would have, wouldn't even have been like, oh, why are we even discussing this? This is, this is, you know, we can't. But, again, these are all opinions because of how people are perceived because if they look a certain way, like if if I showed you um, a mugshot of someone and then that was black and a mugshot of someone that was white, and there's been experiments that this is actually this is actually fact, it's not even opinion. There's been experiments on this, and then you've got to guess who did the longer time for exactly the same crime. You'd probably guess the same time, right? But then there'll be like the black guy done nine years, the white guy done five. These are facts based on the jury going in there going, yeah, he looks guilty straight away because it's ingrained in them. And they don't—they might not even be racist just because it's in their mind. It's like, oh, yeah, he has, to, he has to have done. He has to. He looks like a drug dealer. Yeah, nine years, guilty. But then they see the white guy and think, well, yeah, well, the evidence is there that he deal drugs. The evidence is there. But, well, yeah, guilty, I suppose, but probably just give him five I mean, did, did you, did you watch the 13th by eva duvernay i haven't no very interesting documentary i watched it a couple of years back i don't know when it came out probably 2016 or 17 like i watched it maybe two years back or so and wow it is it is a very good documentary i watched it over and over again because yeah it really hit me and what she was talking about is or in the documentary, what the document documentary is basically about is um, uncovering some of the systematic racism that is taking place in America, um, especially in regards yeah. to the whole um, prison sector, right? And like, as I took away from the documentary, what is happening oftentimes is that like black people poor people as well, disadvantaged people in that context, they often don't even go to the hearing, right? They take a deal. No. 
because th there are so yeah. many cases. The America's over. They, they are flooded with those cases, right? So they don't even get a proper hearing. They they are pressured into taking the deal, because um, that's the best thing that they then can get. They sign the deal. They go behind bars, right? And for example, I. I'm not 100% certain. I don't want to like, you know, um, spread any misinformation here. But as I understood, for example, in the case of Khalif Browder, he didn't, he didn't took the deal. So he sat in prison for like two years waiting for his hearing. Be you know, because yeah. they also don't give priority to these things. And he was like, I'm not taking the deal for allegedly stealing a backpack. So he didn't crack. Um, but... And then also they are not able to um, they are not able to afford the money for bailout. This is why they also sit in. Like if you have more money, if you have more resources, yeah. you are able to afford a good lawyer. You are given more priority, and you are able to afford the bailout that is being said, which you can't do if you don't have these things. And there's so many things that play into this, where you just like many people are not even given the opportunity to kind of like you know. Um, appeal their their you know sentence or their court case or whatever so i'd like to expand a bit more on the topic of police brutality and racial bias and how they're connected with each other according to a statistic african-american men are more likely to be stopped and searched by the police according to another statistic that i found i could also see that white men or white civilians are also killed by the cops every year and what is more interesting to me is that the media does not portray that the media portrays black men as the perpetrators and the black men as the victim of police force and the term of psychological warfare comes to mind as in actions intend to reduce the morale of the opponent in her documentary the 13th Ava DuVernay touches upon the long-standing history of media portraying the black man as a criminal as an animal as a beast and I just think that that is another um, interesting or important um, factor that plays into everything and it almost starts like a vicious cycle because um, back in the 70s for example during the drug wars a lot of african-american men and latino men and hispanic men were separated from their families and there are statistics that show that um, african-american men or people of color in general don't use drugs more or less illegal drugs. They don't use illegal drugs more or less than, for example, white people. So it was a period that was specifically targeted on incriminating um, people of color, but a more detailed information to find about that, for example, in the documentary, The 13th. Um, but anyway, the point is more that um, that meant that a lot of children grew up without their fathers, um, without an intact family structure, and they find themselves in even more vulnerable um, positions when they grow up, and that is how the vicious cycle um, continues. And the topic of what does it mean to be disadvantaged within our society is one that we're also going to be addressing in part two, so I'm gonna leave it at that for now, so yeah.